We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's NFL time. It's week 16 Morning Grind Breakdown, as you can see on screen if you're watching on YouTube. We have a familiar face to OG listeners. We got uh, my good buddy, Genie Fro7. Grant, what is happening, my friend? OG listeners, it hasn't even been a full year. <laughs> I mean, okay. Me and you did NFL breakdown, I think, for two or three seasons, and that was, like, two or three seasons ago. So, like, OG NFL listeners, you know? I guess if if we were going to, like, bring up, like, OGs, maybe it would have been, like, the siege coming on and doing the podcast with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's way back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's good Good to be back. I also realized I don't have my backdrop on. Got my signed boxing glove with a sock in there that fell in there eight years ago and i'm just too lazy to get out oh i see tiger woods and the who who signed the boxing glove was it tyson uh 3g triple g i don't know i won i won a tournament on DraftKings and got court or ringside seats and went and hung out with bill simmons and dave Chappelle afterwards it was a good time Oh yeah, was it as good as hanging out with me in California with the Fireball the night before? Was it Fantasy Aces live final or something when we met for the first time? Um, Yep, yep. And I was was newly into DFS, and I had three entries to it, and I did awful. But we also, I probably had a good six, seven hundred dollars worth of Fireball that weekend or that one night that was there. Yeah. Yeah, because you weren't there on Sunday or for the was it Saturday or Sunday for the final. You had like a wedding or something, and I was like, he, yeah. he doesn't have a wedding; he's hungover. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I I was in a wedding, and they're like, be there at like eight. So I'm wake up at like seven o'clock. Like, oh, I do not feel good. Drive all the way up there. Like, yeah, no, we're just hanging out by the pool for the next three hours. I'm like, why would you do this to me? Why would you ruin <laughs> this with me? I could have slept two more hours. You said be there by eight. <laughs> yeah. A couple hours of sleep. Do you do you value sleep more now that you had a kid? Um, do you value sleep more than ever? I miss sleep more than ever. Um, <laughs> I just I go without it now. I'm like, eh, I could get eight hours tonight somehow, but you know, I'm gonna play video games for two hours and do some research. 
There you go. All right. Well, we're going to break down the slate like we normally do. Glad to have Grant back. It's going to be fun talking some NFL with him. Very, very, very in touch still. Um, absolutely crushing over there on Scores and Odds. Has a channel here on the RG Discord as well where he posts almost all of your bets, right? I, I know you post a lot of them, a good majority of them. Yeah, I mean, like 90% of them, there's occasionally where I throw one in, I'm like, eh, I'm not near my computer. It's too hard to copy and paste over, and the game starts in five minutes. But, yeah, anything not live is pretty much up there. There you go. All right, let's get into it and have some fun and break this one down. This is a really good slate. Um, I know it's only nine games, and we have, like, some games Saturday. We have, like, three games on Monday for, like, Christmas slate. But overall, I think this is um, a really strong slate. We get started with one of the best games on the slate. It's Detroit at Minnesota, 46.5 total here. Detroit, a three-point favorite. Let's talk about these Lions. Minnesota's defense has been playing good here recently. They've done a great job stopping the run all season. What do you like here for the Lions? For the Lions, I mean... Brown and Goff, I'd say, are my two go-tos here. I mean, it's a little bit – so over the last few years, Detroit and Detroit has been really good. I know there's in Minnesota, but still in a dome. Um, Jared Goff in a dome is entirely different. Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't expect to have a lot of people on him, like probably a decent amount, but he's going to get those dump-offs when they're blitzing at such a massive rate. Um, pretty much – I think they're still highest in the league in blitz rate this season. Um, but Amon Ra is going to get just a boatload of targets, probably uh, Laporta too. I mean, this is going to be a good high-scoring game. Um, I don't, I don't. Like, we'll get to the picks later, but I, I think this game is going to be very high-scoring here. I know that Mullins didn't look great in his last outing. He got lucky in a lot of things, but he's going to be chucking the ball. I mean, he may turn the ball over multiple times, but that's only good for offenses. But Amon Ra and Laporte are both going to probably be in for heavy volume in this spot. I don't know. If, I, I don't have a problem with taking a shot on Gibbs, taking a shot on Montgomery. I know Gibbs has been very efficient over the last six weeks, but that's probably going to turn around at some point. I hasn't had the most volume in the receiving game in the last couple of weeks. David Montgomery not really getting it as much as he was. So re- rushing game. Probably stay away a little bit, but the passing game, I think Mike over a little bit overlooked, and I'm really liking the three main guys. Yeah, I'm with you um, on St. Brown and Laporta. I think this is just a phenomenal spot, like Jared Goff in a dome. The other name that I want to throw out there is Jamison Williams. His snap rate continues to climb. The targets continue to climb. They're designing plays for him, so he's really cheap on DraftKings. He's sitting at 3700 Seven targets last week and played the most snaps he's played all season. It's finally happening. This guy is extremely talented. He was drafted as like a top-end wide receiver. It just gives Jared Goff another option. So as far as the running backs, if I was going to play one of them, it'd be Gibbs. I think that Gibbs has higher upside in like the passing game in this matchup than Montgomery. But honestly, they might use Montgomery to block a lot here. But like you said, Minnesota loves the pressure of the quarterback. Uh, Minnesota side, you know, Nick Mullins. He was okay um, in that game. Like he he, he played fine. We'll, we'll just call it fine. Um, Cincinnati just played better. Mullins threw for 300-plus yards. DFS-wise, he was 5K and put up 22 fantasy points. We'll take that all day long. He's 5,300 here. Detroit's defense started the season really strong. 
They've been a lot worse down the stretch here. Like you, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Talk to me here about the Vikings. Oh, yeah, I love I love pretty much everything in this offense. We'll see if Madison ends up going. Um, if not, Ty Chandler probably still too cheap there at 5,600. But I don't – like, do you think that that many people are going to play Jefferson? I mean, we currently have him projected for over 20%, but it's, it's an interesting spot having Mullins throw the ball to him. Like I said, Detroit in domes have been very high-scoring. I know that's pretty – mostly on the or mostly at home but it's an entirely different game playing Detroit in a dome Mullins he's going to sling the ball likely going to be trailing in this game here I see Jefferson potentially in for a big game if he's going to be super heavily owned I see a pivot to Addison Addison has been getting a boatload of touchdowns this season still got six targets had over 100 receiving yards last week him and Hawkinson are kind of the pivot over from Jefferson, but you can fit two of them in there with Mullins, honestly. He's 5.3K. He's not that expensive. If you want to roll with them and bring it back with Amon Ra, it might be a little tough, but you can probably get Jefferson, Mullins, and Amon Ra, or Addison, Mullins, Hawkinson, and Amon Ra all in the same lineup. I'm going to be stacking this game up every which way, assuming that everyone isn't on it, which is a distinct possibility. But if the ownership isn't too ridiculous, I'm definitely all over the three or four or five whatever main guys for Minnesota depending on if Madison ends up playing but definitely the receiving and passing game well they did there was a report that came out that said that even if Madison comes back O'Connell said that Chandler is going to be the guy moving forward and I think we saw the explosiveness from Chandler um this past weekend Madison just hasn't had that this year so um, it'd be interesting what Chandler's ownership looks like if Madison is active and like if we believe the coaches talk or not. Um, he's cheap at 5,600. I think we could potentially take a shot regardless of who's in, who's out. Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, they're all great plays. Tight end, like I want to pay up for tight end on this slate. Usually we're looking for like cheap tight ends, but like Laporta, Hawkinson, McBride, Ingram, Najoku, Ferguson, <laughs> they're all in great spots. So I, I think this is just a really good tight end slate. And I think that overall, I'm going to be paying up quite a bit for tight end, including these two guys in this game. We move on. We got the Colts and the Falcons, 44 and a half total in this game. Atlanta is a one and a half point favorite. I mean, looking at this game, I really like this game. Um, I, the reason I like this game is Ritter's not playing. I mean, they're they're bringing out Heineke again. When Heineke got the when he started, he chucked, and I think that this game has way more upside if we're going to have a, a Falcons quarterback chucking. So, starting with the Colts side, Jonathan Taylor full practice. He's going to be back here. Thank God. I'm so glad that I don't have to play Zach Moss this week. Um, we'll start with that. I think Pittman is on the doubtful side of questionable. Um, that hit was awful. It was a big hit. Um, we'll see if he plays or not. I mean, if no Pittman, Downs and Pierce look really good price-wise. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 7,200, if he's going to get a full workload, looks interesting. Minshew kind of doing his thing. Like, you got to beat Atlanta with the passing game. Talk to me here about the Colts. Yeah, this is another spot where I, I have a lot of interest in a lot of different guys, especially if Pittman doesn't end up playing. I mean, obviously, we haven't gotten to Atlanta yet. I think he's cheap, so you can stack this up a million different ways, but – Minshew's not a bad play either. I mean, we've seen him have some upside. I know that they tend to scheme based on the opponent. Atlanta obviously being much worse versus the pass than versus the run. 
They're probably going to be airing it out a decent amount. We've seen Minshew throw 35, 45 times, multiple different times this year, and then throw 20s a lot of different times based on matchup. So this is a great spot here, and such an easy way to stack up if Pittman's out. I mean, you've got Downs and Pierce probably going to be the main two guys. I don't know if I really want to go with Granson. I mean, it's, he's cheap, but don't really have much upside with him unless he catches a long bomb. So the offense is going to be fairly concentrated in the fact that it's going to be the receiving game to cheap wide receivers and Jonathan Taylor in the rushing game. So I'm more apt to use the receiving game, and it just makes it super easy. I mean, if you really want to throw in a guy like DJ Montgomery, if Pittman's not playing either, I mean, he's super cheap, 3.3K, had four targets last week. Only threw the ball 28 times. We're expecting 40 throws. Not going to surprise me if he gets six targets at 3.3K. That's super cheap, and he's going to be on the lower end of ownership compared to Downs and to Pierce. I love the Montgomery call. Um, just someone that, like, if he does get the playing time, he's trying to prove something. So he's he's super cheap. And I don't love the tight end situation. I've talked about it a lot this year for Indianapolis. I just... Granson will have good games from time to time, but like then he'll disappear. They'll use like Ogletree and Mo Alley Cox in the red zone. So like I think the the tight end situation for the Colts is just something to avoid. So taking one of these wide receivers or two of these wide receivers and pairing it with Minshew. But I like the other side of this game. Taylor Heineke, forty eight hundred here, coming out chucking. You know we know that like the coaching staff here is on the hot seat for Atlanta. They have been really bad this year i think drake london at 5100 we just absolutely load up uh like he's too cheap he's a he's a prop that i really like this week i i just love drake london in this spot yeah Jake, drake london's definitely a solid guy i don't mind playing pits there at 4k heineke is an absolutely fantastic play at 4.8k i know that we haven't seen atlanta put up really many big games from the qb position ritter did it once or twice um, but Heineke, he can sling the ball. It's not a terrible matchup. I know the Colts are easy to run against. I know that Atlanta wants to run at one of the biggest clips in the league. It's definitely a good idea to bring back Jonathan Taylor with the Atlanta passing game. But the guy that's really standing out to me, we talked about paying up at tight end. Jonu Smith, the one game that he played with Heineke, I think he had 100 receiving yards in that spot and a touchdown. I know a lot of it was one bomb. They still had six targets. Other two weeks where Heineke played a little bit, he didn't get targeted targeted ton, so we can't fully rely on that. But he's been solid for the majority of this season. I know he hasn't been great in the last few weeks. Still put up 8.1 points last week, but so cheap at 2.9K. Jonu Smith is actually probably my favorite target in this receiving game, but it's not hard to fit him, Drake London, and Heineke into your, off or into your lineup and just spend up everywhere else because that's not an expensive three-man stack. And that has potential to get you, what, 45 points there between those three guys, maybe more. It's it's beautiful. I will I will tell you, though, um, Drake London was not playing the game that Heineke started in against Minnesota week nine. So, I, I mean, I tempered my expectations a little on Jonu. I saw that as well. Um, I, I still think at 2,900, he's worth taking some shots because Heineke might check down a little bit more than Ritter. But Drake London was out week nine. so. Just temper those expectations, Grant. Um, 
I mean, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of you. Don't need 2. to, at, yeah, two point nine k. I mean, a touchdown and a few catches, and you're off to the races at that price point. So don't even need a touchdown, honestly. Fifty yards and five catches. I'll take ten points out of a two point nine k guy. Yeah, maybe get a touchdown, Grant. Sixteen. Come on, man. Come I'll on, John it, but... Yeah. <laughs> you can you get can in get the end zone, Smith. What 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 are your thoughts when it comes to like these running backs? Because like now they're like even mixing in like Patterson, and we know Indy is really bad against the run. Like, do we take shots on Bijan and hope that like Arthur Smith does the right thing here? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's so tough to figure out. I mean, I had Bijan's over on rushing yards last week, and then the first drive, I wanted to put my fist through the TV. Um, it's I don't understand what they're doing. Like it's so inconsistent. You play based on how many people are projected to play him. Like that, that's kind of it. He has immense downside and immense upside. I crushed a lot of my lineups last week. I don't know how much I trust any of them. So it's it's strictly based. Like if he's going to come in at four percent owned, then you roll the dice on him. It's it's that simple. It's a good matchup. Um, but I'm probably staying away from. Patterson, Algier, both those guys are fine, but not really giving you the upside that Bijan is. I don't think Algier or – yeah, Algier hasn't had more than 15 points since week one, so it's not really worth taking a shot on him just because he's cheap. There's cheap spots at other places. So if you're going to go anywhere, you go Bijan and strictly based on how many other people are playing him, which wouldn't surprise me for him to go entirely unknown because he put up one point last week. Yeah, um, he's currently projected for eight percent on our first run, like projected ownership, and I think that that entices me to play him a little bit um, in this matchup. So, if he stays in that like under like twelve percent range, I'll probably have um, some exposure to him, like at like the, probably like at the like fifteen to twenty percent mark um, on like a twenty inch max build. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, Green yeah. Bay at Carolina, Grant. This game here, Woo, 36 and All a half right, total. The <laughs> Green Bay, four and a half point favorite here. I mean, these two defenses have not been spectacular. Like, Green Bay's defense has just been terrible against the pass and run. But, like, we haven't just – we haven't seen anything outside of Carolina. But talk to me here about Green Bay. Anything um, standing out to you here? I, mean, I don't love anything. I mean, the prices on Dobbs and Wicks aren't bad. I mean, obviously, Carolina, you can attack them on the 
through the air easier than on the ground. No, sorry, on the on the ground easier through the air. So maybe Aaron Jones, honestly, hoping for that big outing that we see once, twice a year. Got some decent run last week. Maybe Wicks, maybe Dobbs. Like, honestly, probably my favorite play on Green Bay is going to be Kraft. He's kind of stepped into that Musgrave role, um, running a ton of routes in on more snap, snaps than Musgrave was just because they don't have anyone else to really throw in there for him. Had a touchdown last week. He's been getting four to six targets every single week. He's cheap at 3.7K. I know we want to pay up at tight end, but Kraft could be overlooked. I think he's probably the best play in this offense. I'm actually with you. Um, uh, he's one of the cheap tight ends that I wrote down this week. And he's not even necessarily that cheap anymore, but he's cheap enough where, I mean, Watson doesn't look like promising to play. Jalen Reed has been banged up, and then he left the game last week with a toe injury, didn't come back. Uh, Wicks is banged up right now, dealing with an ankle sprain. I mean, Dobbs at 5,300, if all those guys sit, very playable. Um, Malik Heath at 3,200, like if all those guys sit, you, you could take some shots on Heath at 3,200 just because he's so incredibly cheap. But Kraft is the guy that I like. And honestly, Aaron Jones, Dylan, they're both banged up too. Um, if they were to sit, you could play some Patrick Taylor. But um, just weird, weird scenario where like half the team for Green Bay is questionable coming into the week. Uh, the Carolina side, the only reason that I have some interest in craft and potentially it's like some of these pass catchers is because I actually have a lot of interest in Hubbard here, you know, at least 22 carries and all three games since the new coach has taken over. If he gets in the end zone once or twice, he just crushes because he's going to get the carries. Green Bay's run defense has been awful. I like Chuba Hubbard in this game. What do you like here for Carolina? Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, Thielen, you can always take a shot on. I know he hasn't done a ton since like week four or five or six, whatever it was. Just hasn't quite been the same guy he was for the four or five week span where he's getting 10 plus targets every week. Hasn't had more than seven in any of the past four weeks, I think. Um, like, I don't want to play Mingo. I don't want to play Shark. I don't, definitely don't want to play Bryce Young. Don't want to play the tight end situation. So it's kind of Hubbard. I mean, Hubbard is getting the volume, like he said. The matchup is actually pretty solid going up against the Packers, who have been bad versus the run this season. Hubbard can get 100 yards, get into the end zone. I mean, Carolina is probably just going to try and grind this game out on the ground like they do most weeks. Hope to keep it close and maybe win at the end of the game. Hubbard, probably too cheap at 5.7K. He's the only guy I really have interest in. Yeah, I think Mango at 3,600 is still like playable just because – like. He seems to be have like into this wide receiver one role, but this game is going to be a, a let's try to run the clock as much as possible game. So I don't know necessarily what type of ceiling we're looking at on Jonathan Mingo. So, you know, I want to play Adam Thielen, like especially like seeing the targets start back up. So maybe some Adam Thielen here. Um, but I mean, I'm not not I'll be honest. I'm not going crazy about this game. We have a lot of great games on this slate, and this is just not one of them. The other one right back back to back baby here we go cleveland at houston 40 and a half total in this game cleveland a two and a half point favorite um we did get news that like it's doubtful that cj stroud is back this week with the concussion um let's talk cleveland first joe flacco he's thrown at least 44 times in three straight games joe flacco airing it out for cleveland and i was reading a thing the other day about how like 
Flacco can make up to like three or four million dollars, depending on like if Cleveland makes the playoffs and how far they go in the playoffs. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, what do you like here for Cleveland? I I have more interest in this game than you do, I think. And I, I like okay. I was I was semi joking because it's, it's going to be, be. Yeah, you're right. It is going to be an ugly game. It is <laughs> absolutely going to be ugly. And it is interesting seeing Cleveland's home road splits on the season. I think they're giving up like 170 yards per game at home compared to um, 300 yards on the road. So playing in a dome over in Texas, like that's kind of a big thing. And I have a lot of interest in Amari Cooper and Nick Joku. Like both of them been really solid with Flacco under center. Flacco has shown that, like you said, 40 plus passes, pass attempts last few weeks. Najoku, just a ridiculous amount of targets and high-value targets over the last few weeks. I like this stack. It's not terribly expensive. Cooper is the most expensive at 6.4K, but you can get all of them for just over 16K. Like all three of those guys, we know that the pass volume has been there. I mean, I know Moore had that week with the 12, um, 12 targets. Didn't do a ton with him. I think Cooper might have gotten injured in that game. Um, it's Cooper, it's Njoku, it's Flacco, and I really like that stack. Yeah, it's such an interesting like double stack because like it's it's first of all it's 2023 and we're talking about playing Joe Flacco um, and we're talking about double stacking Cleveland, but I mean honestly it's been working against so, Case Keenan. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I mean. Um, Man, what what a disappointment here towards the end of the season for this Houston team. They looked like they were going to be like the shocker, sleeper, potential team, and a lot of injuries down the stretch kind of stinks for them. But, yeah, I have a ton of interest. And, like, Ford and Hunt are both banged up right now. So, like, it just makes me want to lean on Flacco and these pass catchers even more um, in this one. I don't even think I'm going to play anybody else. I think it's Najoku and Cooper with or without Flacco for me in this spot and then on the houston side of things like case keenum i mean he beat tennessee last week if you want to call it that um what do you like here for the texans yeah it's kind of tough like i'd rather just roll with flacco in any game stack it's keenum's cheap at 4.9k and i know that cleveland's defense like i said has been different on the road this season and it's different in a dome but keenum I, I just rather will Flacco because I'm I'm mostly stacking this game up. It all depend on if Collins ends up playing. If Collins ends up playing, then I still think he's very much in play. If not, Noah Brown is not a terrible option. You can even go Hutchinson at min price if you really want to throw someone else in. But the volume hasn't been great. Woods, I don't really want to play him. Brevin Jordan and Schultz are kind of eating into each other a little bit. So it's mostly if I'm bringing it back, it's going to be Noah Brown if Collins doesn't play. Collins, if he does play, and then Singletary's gotten just a hold of this run game. Like Pierce is kind of out 5.5K. I mean, the Browns, solid run deep, solid pass deep, but Zinedome, Singletary will get the volume or has been getting the volume. Singletary is probably the only guy I really want to bring back, and it kind of works out well if you're assuming that Cleveland's going to be down. You can throw in Collins there or Noah Brown, both. Either of them will be the alpha if Collins does or does not end up playing. Um, so on this side, just kind of Singletary, Collins or Noah Brown, depending on if Collins plays. And then 
you really want to throw in Schultz, that's fine. But I, there's too many other good tight ends on the slate. Unless he's no one's going to play him, then I might have some interest. I think Noah Brown is playable with or without Collins um, in this game because, like, I think if Collins comes back, he might get a might even get an extra couple targets um, if they kind of focus on Collins on the outside. So I think Noah Brown um, is very much in play. He is just he's crushed this season when he's been healthy. Um, he's had, you know, plenty of games over 20 fantasy points. So love the Noah Brown call. I'm with you on Schultz. I think that there are so many good tight end plays this week that I just don't see myself getting to Schultz. So we'll probably score two touchdowns. Uh, Washington at New York facing the Jets. 37 and a half total in this game. The Jets a three-point favorites. Uh, let's start here with Washington. Man, this team looked awful. They have been awful. Um, back-to-back games now. Miami in week 13, then they were on by, and they looked awful again against the Rams. Uh, any interest here in Washington? It's it's a tough matchup. Like, I I know Howell's put up some big numbers so far this season, but the Jets are just a tough one. A running game, I don't really want to trust anyone. They'll mix in guys, whoever ends up playing. The passing game, I mean, Samuel's not the worst play in the world at 4.8K. But probably don't want to go him. Logan Thomas, don't really want him. Jets just don't allow a ton of passing yards to opposing teams. They know to run against them more because Jets are way easier to attack on the ground. It's just an ugly, ugly spot here. I don't see myself playing any Washington players. Yeah, kind of. I kind of like the Jets' defense a lot. They're probably going to be my highest own defense this week. Um, if Brian Robinson ends up sitting, I think you could potentially take some shots on Gibson on DraftKings just for his pass work um, out of the backfield. And if you want to, I mean, Curtis Samuel, they draw up so many plays for him when it comes to like unique plays. Um, I think Curtis Samuel is always someone we want to get some exposure to in tournaments because they just they have so many like red zone and like goal line like drawn up plays for curtis samuel so um jets side of this game i mean first of all we don't know who's gonna play quarterback zach wilson concussion protocol i would i would kind of have interest in zach wilson in this game if he were gonna play washington defense is terrible trevor simeon is awful um not saying zach wilson's much better but i actually if zach wilson clears concussion protocol the Wilson-Wilson combo is cheap, and I, I probably get some exposure to that combo here. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of interest. I mean, the commander's defense is so bad versus the pass. Like, the amount of massive scores they put up. I know it's tough to pull the trigger on Zach Wilson or Simeon. I don't, I don't really care who starts. I mean, I'll play <laughs> Garrett Wilson regardless. Yeah. But I'll probably stack him with Simeon or Wilson. I mean, we got a lot of cheap quarterbacks on this slate that a 4.8 K Zach Wilson or Simeon, I think is right around the same price range. He can put up a decent game. I mean, he put up 23 points two weeks ago. Commander's defense is much, much worse. Garrett Wilson will be the focal point. And if he has a big game, Zach Wilson probably has a big game. And this is the spot for him to have a big game. So, Whoever ends up starting, I'm probably playing that quarterback. It's going to be ugly, but the Washington defense is just so bad. And then 
if you want to throw in Brees Hall, go ahead. I mean, they'll get some receiving game work. Decent chance the Jets are leading in this game. But this offense is so concentrated, and it's such a bad defense for the commanders that you kind of have to have interest in all these guys. Yeah, I like the Brees Hall call. Um, Washington's defense is awful. So, I mean, you could – could stack Jets and Jets defense and Brees Hall in this spot if you want to. But, I mean, don't sleep on the Jets defense. We know how much um, Sam Howell likes to get sacked. This could be a, a like, five-plus sack spot for the Jets defense. Um, that turns into interceptions and, and fumbles. So, really like the Jets defense here. Uh, I got nothing else for this one. We're moving on. I like this next game a lot. It's Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. It has a 43-and-a-half total. Um, Tampa is a one-and-a-half point favorite. I know that Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol, but he practiced limited or didn't practice Wednesday with the concussion protocol. But um, we'll see. I mean, I really want him to play because this is a great spot. Let's talk Jags first. Lawrence is in. I have a ton of interest in Ridley Ingram. Zay Jones, if he plays, if Zay Jones is out, uh, Washington at 3,800 becomes interesting. Like, you got to beat Tampa through the air, and they have been awful against the pass. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up perfectly. And even if even if uh, Lawrence doesn't end up playing, I still have some interest in Zay Jones. Zay Jones will still get solid volume. Like, he hasn't done great so far um, with uh, Kirk out, but he's still a big red zone target. Like, people forget that he was up there in the lead at red zone targets last year, and even in limited games this year, I think he's still second or third. Um, yeah, it's Zay Jones is probably my favorite of the bunch. If he doesn't end up playing, then Parker, we saw what he did when Kirk went out. He's going to get some volume. He got six targets last week, didn't do much with him. But he's a guy that can get there. And 3.8K is too cheap. Ingram and Ridley are fine. Like if you want to go for net or not for net, he hasn't played there in years. ETN. Um, He's fine too, but I kind of want to attack through the air. And if Beathard's in there, then I'm fine with that too. Like he'll be cheap. And Zay Jones and Ingram or Zay Jones and Ridley is a cheap double stack. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sleep on ETN just because of like his, how much he's on the field. Uh, I could see playing some ETN in this spot because like he's 6,600. That's a really fair price tag for a guy that's capable of like, 30 plus fantasy points so um i am with you i like the passing attack here a lot more and we got a question agnew in chat like zay jones would have to miss for me to actively want to play agnew um he would have to be out like they're gonna they're gonna use washington a lot more from what we've seen recently so zay jones out i could maybe get to agnew but i still think i'd get to washington for 400 dollars more uh, Tampa side of this game, Jacksonville has been awful against the pass. They're allowing 271 passing yards per game this season. Like Baker Mayfield absolutely lit up Green Bay last week. 33 fantasy points. He threw for four touchdowns. Mike Evans is, is the guy here when it comes to the red zone. But we finally saw Chris Godwin show up. This is back-to-back double-digit target games. Is this something we're betting on? We're looking at like, do we believe in Chris Godwin resurgence? Um, I mean, I think we could play both of these guys. Yeah, I think you can play both of them. I have a massive lean towards Evan 
because of the recency bias with Godwin, we've seen massive numbers out of Evans so many times this season. Like I could see playing 30% of him, honestly, like we outside of one game in the past seven weeks, I think six weeks, he's been fantastic and getting a touchdown in what five of the last six games. Like he's the red zone guy. He's a big play guy. He is Baker's favorite target, and he consistently goes a little bit underowned. Evans is by far my favorite target. And then, of course, Rashad White just keeps putting up big numbers. Like the volume has been absolutely fantastic. We always talk about getting a workhorse back. He has been getting 25 touches pretty much every single week. And I think that continues here. I know the Jags are better versus the run, but we've seen him put up pretty decent numbers against tough matchups too. So White, Evans, probably the two guys to go with. I don't know if I'm playing Baker. I'll have to wait and see on how many people are going to play Godwin, but Evans and White, I'm playing regardless. White has been phenomenal this season. I think he's been one of the biggest surprises just overall his volume um, right now we have Godwin projected for 5% and Evans projected for 10%. I think that shifts throughout the week. Um, I hope this game doesn't game steam. I-, I love this game. If it doesn't game steam. And like the thing that I love about this game is like, especially if Lawrence plays like, I mean, it just has so much shootout potential because like both of these defenses have been struggling. Um, so yeah, I like this game a lot more um, than I probably should, but, We'll see what happens. Arizona at Chicago, 43 and a half total in this game. Chicago, four and a half point favorite. We'll start here with Arizona. Chicago's defense has actually been playing really solid. Um, they made some moves there at the trade deadline. Any interest here in Arizona? McBride, obviously. Like McBride's <laughs> volume has just Jeez. been absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. McBride, I'm fine with playing Kyler. Like, he can always put up a big game, but that that Bears defense has been really good, and Kyler just hasn't been rushing as much as I'd hoped. Um, receiving game, anyone? Like, I don't really – I mean, love. Brown and Dorch are both hurt now. Like, I, I know, know, but it's like – it just screams more McBride. I, I, I've been playing yeah. Michael Wilson a lot. And I've been playing Rondale Moore a lot this season. And it's not working out. Like, I get Brown and Dorch potentially being out. I mean, they're cheap. Like, people are going to flock to them. Like, I have to assume they're going to be heavily played. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I've just been burnt by them so much that it's it's kind of kind of tough to play him oh i agree with you um i think if both brown and dorch sit we have to take some shots on michael wilson just because like his ceiling but like trey mcbride has at least nine targets in four of the last five games he's the guy i mean this is like travis kelsey type workload at two thousand dollars cheaper i mean so trey mcbride continues to be a top tight end each and every slate I think James Conner is an okay play under 6K. You know, he 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 has a goal line role, and he never comes off the field. I mean, this is a guy that's going to get pass work when they're down. He's going to get the carries if they're up. He's just not going to come off the field. So 
I think James Conner is okay at 5,900. He's not my favorite play, but he's okay. On the Chicago side, we know how bad this Arizona defense is. Um, is this a week we unleash the DJ Moore, uh, Justin Fields stack? Yeah, or Cole Komet, Justin Fields. Like, I have no problem with either of them. I know Moore is a little bit expensive. Komet's probably priced where he should be. I love all three of them, though. Like, Fields might be my favorite QB play. I don't care if you play Fields naked. Like, this Cardinals defense is so bad. I know that Fields didn't have a big game last week, but prior to that, he was rushing a ton in every single game. He threw the ball, I can't even remember how many times, threw the ball a lot last week. This is not going to be a match. terrible where... last week, though, too, in that game. Yeah, well, it also was against Cleveland in Cleveland, which – Again, I don't understand why that's a thing, but I could see Fields getting 100 rushing yards in this spot. Um, He's going to be rushing more. Like prior to last week, 12, 12, 18 rush attempts, eight rush attempts and a half before he got injured, 11. Like they're letting him run. They just didn't run last week because it was against a tough Cleveland team. Anyone the D-line could just crush him. This is not the same matchup. This is against the Cardinals. Cardinals near the bottom of the league in run D and pass D. They're not good at covering guys. They're not going to get that much pressure on him. Fields is going to be scrambling. So if you want to play him naked, that's fine. If you want to play him with Komet, that's fine. If you want to play him with Moore, that's fine. I will be playing a lot of Justin Field. Probably staying away from the running game. Not touching Mooney. I've sworn off playing pretty much anyone but the main three guys over in Chicago at this point. I mean, Fields had Mooney on a deep ball last week and just overthrew him. Um, that would have been that would have been a huge touchdown. But I, I love DJ Moore in this spot. I'm with you in the running game. They're using Johnson, Foreman, and Herbert. I don't think we could touch these guys with all three guys getting snaps and carries. So DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Justin Fields, I think you can kind of just summarize Chicago by playing the main pieces here in a phenomenal matchup against Arizona. I know someone posted in YouTube chat that I missed the Tennessee game. I wrote it down weird. We're going back to the one o'clock game, Seattle at Tennessee, 41 and a half total here. Seattle is a two and a half point favorites. Um, Geno Smith expected to be a full go for this game after Drew Locke beat Philadelphia on Gosh, Monday what night. A beautiful game. What beautiful. a beautiful, if no one, if no one knows Grant is a Seattle Seahawks fan. Um, well, not talk only to that, I had a lot of – I had the Seahawks money line, I had JSN over, and I had Metcalf over, all three of which hit in the last drive. Yeah, those, those are the perfect – well, I mean, perfect ones hit in the first quarter. Um, what do you like here for Seattle? Um, I mean, Kenneth Walker, I know that Tennessee's a tough run defense. They've been worse for the second half of the season, but they're really a pass funnel, and so – like people might shy away from Walker as of right now. We haven't projected for like 26%, in which case that's probably a stay away from me. But JSN been getting a boatload of targets, still only 4.5K. Metcalf been better in recent weeks, always a 30 plus point upside in any given week, especially versus a pass funnel. This game should be close. I'm mostly rolling with JSN and Metcalf. Lockett's fine. Um, if no one's going to play him, I will. But my order of guys I want to play is probably Metcalf, JSN, Walker, and then Lockett. I don't mind throwing Geno Smith in there if you want, but I'm going to have a lot of pieces of Metcalf or JSN. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't know if I want to play Gino. I think there's a lot of great tight or quarterback plays this week. Um, I mean, I, I think G, GSN above Lockett, Metcalf above both of them, and Walker somewhere in between, depending on ownership. Um, if Walker is going to be chalk, I have no problem not playing Walker here. Uh, against a tough Tennessee run defense, uh, Tennessee's run defense continues to be really strong. Um, so if Walker is going to be chalky, I'll probably pass. Tennessee side, I mean, I just I hate playing this team. I, but I think we just got to continue to respect like the amount of targets Hopkins is getting. They're not the greatest targets in the world, but they're there. Uh, Levis is dealing with an ankle injury. I mean, Tannehill. If Levis can't play, he's going to start here. Um, what are we looking at with the Titans? Just just Hopkins and maybe Henry. Like, I want to see how many people play him, but we've seen Henry's workload based on if the team's winning or close or not changes drastically. Um, the spread's sitting at two and a half for this game. It's probably going to be a close one. Seahawks' run D has been great. Derek Henry, I know DeHember has been a little bit different this year, especially the last two weeks it's been rough. Um, but he gets the volume. He's going to get the red zone roll. Still in a close game, we'll get 20-plus carries. He can always break off a big one. Henry, I think, is in play for tournaments. And Hopkins, just based on volume, I'm not playing Levis. I'm not playing Tannehill. I don't really – it's not really a difference between who starts. Like, I'm not sure – which one's actually better. And I mean, they're behind a banged up O line and Levis might be good at some point, but he's not in the right situation right now. It's literally just Henry or Hopkins. And Henry's probably a guy that I'll go with if I'm bringing it back with JSN or Metcalf. It's kind of a good corollary stack. Yeah. I mean, I wish they'd give Tajay Spears more, more touches because I mean, I feel like Tajay Spears has the most ceiling um, between the two of them right now. Henry gets those like one yard touchdowns and I throw stuff because I hate playing Derrick Henry right now. Um, I, I mean, if Tannehill starts here, does he come out chucking like, hey, you know, I'm st- I am I still want to play quarterback in the NFL and we see Hopkins have a big game. I mean, that's the only thing that I'm kind of hoping for here. Um, I don't want to play a Kongwu. I think that like we just have so many great tight end plays this week. So taking potential, some shots on Hopkins is really it for me. Um, with the loss last week for the Titans, they're basically eliminated from the playoffs here. Um, they would need a lot of stuff to happen in to win out, and that's not going to happen. They suck. All right, game of the week. Dallas at Miami. My Cowboys continue to do their thing. <laughs> just kidding. I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, 50 and a half total here. Miami one and a half point favorite. I was shocked to see Miami favored in this game. I mean, I don't necessarily hate it. Let's start here with Dallas. Um, just ultimate letdown last week against Buffalo. They looked awful. Dak looked terrible. Like he had been playing at such a high clip and like Buffalo just smashed him last week. Uh, what are we doing with Dallas here? Well, I mean, both teams are terrible versus good teams. Um, don't know why, but they will just get crushed anytime Dallas side of things. I mean, see lamb getting massive amount of volume. I don't know. Like I have a giant preference towards Tyreek Hill. Like we mentioned so many cheap guys throughout the course of this podcast. It's because I want to go close to all in on Tyreek Hill. Um, but lamb, he's fine. He's expensive, but volume incredible ceiling. Great. 
potential pace of this game, it's going to be tough to play. I don't even know if it's possible to play Lamb and Hill and actually get a decent lineup, but everything one's so expensive. Like, I want to game stack this game, but it's going to be really tough to. I think Ferguson is a fine play, but tight end's so stacked. I don't know if he's in my top four or five. Pollard just will always disappoint me. Um, he had a good run for a couple of weeks. I don't know if there's a spot for him. Like, this is the game of the week. This is a fantastic matchup. This could be a 70-point game. And I'm having trouble trying to figure out who to play over on Dallas just because they're pricing. I mean, I think it's CD and Cooks um, and, like, potentially Dak. But I I think cheap quarterback is the way that I'm leaning this week just overall. Um, There's so many good cheap quarterbacks. And, like, the cheap quarterbacks, like, we talked about that Atlanta stack and you brought up Janu. You could play Tyreek and CD in this game and have a Heineke London John Oose stack, and your team actually looked pretty decent. So, um, I mean, gosh, yeah, CD's like volume is just so incredibly high right now that it's hard not to have exposure to him. Cooks has that like 30 to 50 yard touchdown upside, and that might come into play here in a really fast paced game. So, I'll have some exposure to Cooks, but I think Ferguson is okay. Like you said, I mean, how can you not have interest in Turd Ferguson when you are Turd Ferguson? Um, yeah. Miami side, I think Tyreek plays here. Like, I think he was really close to playing last week, and they're like, you know, kind of shut it down because they need him healthy. I haven't been playing Tua. I know you've talked about it a lot on Action Network stuff. Tua's not running anymore, and with him not running, like his upside is still somewhat limited. He can have that like three touchdown game and still not get 30 fantasy points. Um, I think it's Tyreek. If Tyreek gets really, really chalky, maybe some Waddle. Um, and then as far as the running backs, I mean, Mozart has 20 touchdowns this year. <laughs> like this guy just scoring at such a high clip, but such a terrible matchup for him in this game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a uh, well, tough with A-chan in there. Like, Again, the game of the week, people are going to try and play it, but it's just so tough to do because of pricing. I mean, Tyreek Hill is absolutely phenomenal play. Like, a guy should get right around 30 points. I don't care what the matchup is. Tyreek Hill will get schemed constantly if he ends up playing. I'm assuming he's playing. Waddle at 7.8K. I mean, last week he was solid, but for obvious reasons. Outside of that, he has two games over 20 points and he's 7.8K. I get this is going to be high scoring here, but I I just don't know what to do about a 7.8K Tua, 7.8K Waddle, like 9.6K Tyreek, both running backs over 7K, and then the Dallas side, similar pricing. I just don't know how I'm going to build game stacks with this, and it's probably going to be just single guys, and Mostert and Tyreek Hill are the two guys I want to play. Waddle's fine. Not great, though. A-chan's fine. Not great, though. They'll probably garner some ownership. Tua, fine, but not worth that price tag on this slate where you're trying to pay up and you want to pair him with Tyreek Hill. You're just kind of done for after that. So, fantastic game. But realistically, the pieces I'm going with in this game are Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, maybe some Mostert, and that's kind of it. I think we could easily see this game be lower scoring because both these teams are moderately inept versus good teams. And both these teams are good. So I just want to play Hill. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I think Achan is always someone you can take shots on. Um, I am a little bit worried about the toe, but I mean, they blew out the Jets last week, so we really just didn't get to see a lot from like Achan. Like Waddle, Waddle just absolutely smashed with no Tyreek last week. Um, I think he had like eight catches for I think one forty and a touchdown. So, and it, he had a long catch as well. Um, he had a phenomenal game. So, if for some reason Tyreek sits. Jalen Waddle becomes one of the top plays on the slate for me. Uh, but I, I think Tyreek plays in this one. So, all right, that we broke it down. That's week 16 in a nutshell. Um, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. It's been a long time since we got to play the morning grind game with Grant. Uh, quarterback for 300 plus passing yards. Who do you got? I'm going Nick Mullins. <laughs> Whoa. I like it right out of the bat. <laughs> I mean, I don't care who's throwing to that receiving core. It's it's silly how good they are. Oh no, I, I hear you. Um he yeah, he has um just one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. So with Hawkinson, Addison, and Jefferson, yeah. Uh I'm gonna go Trevor Lawrence hoping that he clears concussion protocol here because it's a phenomenal spot. It is early in the week. It is Wednesday night. Well, now Thursday morning on the East Coast. Um, ownership's going to shift, but give me a running back that you like for a touchdown that's low owned. I'm going to go. This is tough. Who's low owned here? I'm probably going to go Derek Henry. No, White's going to be low owned according to our projections. I'll go with White. I don't mind that. I'm going to go Hubbard. I talked about how much I like him here. I hope that our projections are close on him. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. I'm going to go DJ Moore and Fields. I like that stack a lot. I, I hope that it goes overlooked this week. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I have a ton of interest in that stack. I'm going to go Heineke to Drake London. Um Drake London's so Love good. It. And he, he just winning individual matchups at such a high, high rate. Uh wide receiver for eight plus targets. I mean, I'm not gonna take the cheating ones in Hill or CD Lamb. I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper. Oh, you took my guy. That's who I had written down. Um that throws me off. You know what? I'll go Garrett Wilson here. I like it. I like him too. Tight end for a touchdown. There are a lot of them this week. Janu. <laughs> oh, that's great. I hope he, I hope he scores uh, just for that. But I'm gonna go Najoku. Um, I know it's kind of cheating, but I don't care. Uh, defense for ten plus points. We didn't talk a lot about defenses this week. Uh, who do you like for ten plus points? Uh, this is outside of the obvious one, which is the Jets. Um, it was a little bit tougher. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Seattle. Yeah, I don't hate that. I'm gonna go the Bears. Chicago Bears defense has been really solid. Um, give me the Bears, and like I'm with you. The Jets favorite defense this week, not even close for me. But I'm gonna go the Bears. Bears. All right, let's go to the betting portion of the morning grind. Give me an against the spread or money line bet that you like this week. Um, this is tough here. I'm gonna go with indie money line. I think it's saying at like plus one thirty. Let me let me get the exact odds. I was checking 
pregame, and I think that's what it was at. But they are no, it's close to even money now. All right, maybe I was looking at something wrong. Um, all right, never mind. Then I'm gonna go with Seahawks minus two and a half. I mean, Titans are not great. Seahawks obviously coming off a big win, which generally doesn't go great for betting the spread. Um, but you can get it at two and a half. I wouldn't want it at three, I don't think. Um, but two and a half is pretty solid. Yep. Love getting that field goal in there. I'm with you on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go Cleveland minus two and a half. I think that Case Keenum, not great. Um, so I think Cleveland gets the job done this week with Joe Flacco. All right, let's go to an over-under bet. What do you like for an over-under this week? I'm going with the uh, Detroit, Minnesota. I think it's at 45 and a half um, or 46 and a half. Yeah, 46 and a half. Um, I'm rolling with the over. Yep, over 46 and a half. It's 47 on the hard rock. I don't get that half a point. I wish I did. Uh, I'm going to go Jacksonville, Tampa over 42 and a half. This is 43 and a half on most books, but for the hard rock, I get it at 42 and a half. So there you go. I get, I get a point where you get a half a point. All right. Give me a player prop that you like this week. I'm going, this is a Saturday game, but this is what I have for right now since a lot of stuff isn't out yet or I haven't had time to look into, but digs over 67 and a half receiving yards. Digs has not, Great over the last few weeks, but it's been really, really tough matchups for like four of the last five weeks. We saw what he was doing earlier on the season. Chargers, pasty is inept. We know the Bills will still throw the ball late in the game, even if they're up big. So Diggs, 67 and a half receiving yards, too low. I'm going to take this right now. I took his um, anytime touchdown prop or, yeah, anytime touchdown at plus money earlier today. Um, I felt good about that. So. Uh, I'm going to go, I already I locked this one in already as well. I got Hubbard over 71 and a half rushing yards. Uh, we've talked about it a lot with the new coach. They're just kind of pounding the rock and Hubbard's the guy. If he's going to get 20 carries against Green Bay, I like his chances to go over 71 and a half. He has run for at least 87 yards in three straight games. Uh, pick him play. I will look it up for you if you don't have one. Um, is there anything on the pick him? Prize picks or underdog that you like here? Um, I, I got nothing. I mean, I got probably. You. Probably, what's Metcalf at? You know, I don't. I wrote this down as to look up because I like him as well. Let's see. It's so much faster to search. Hold on, Metcalf, sixty-four and a half. Yeah, I'll take that over. All right, we'll go more than 64 and a half on Metcalf, and then I will go more than 51 and a half on Joku's receiving yards here. So that is our morning grind two pick play for this week. More than 64 and a half for Metcalf, and the Joku more than 51 and a half is what we're going to lock in for the morning grind two pick play. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, just. Making through the end of foosball season. I have only a few more weeks and then the playoffs. Hope yep. everyone has a fantastic NFL week 16. Appreciate Grant for filling in for Keith. Keith will be back next week. We'll be back next week as well, week 17. Hope everyone has a great time and we'll see you again next week. Okay.